This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous with the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney Schindler, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each week, we have one goal in mind, to provide advice, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Get ready to become a master in travel. everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney. How do we, as travel advisors, measure our success? What does success look like and how should it be measured? When attending events, there are often a variety of awards presented and the advisors who walk out on stage and accept those awards are often those who have lots of commas and zeros behind their annual sales. They sometimes have teams that they've built under them, who they work together with, share leads with, and who they mentor. Sometimes they are newer advisors who are up and coming, Other times they are experienced advisors who are revered for their innovation and creativity. I'm not sure how these advisors are chosen when they win awards, but I assume that their annual sales is one key component that catches everyone's attention. We all know that while there may not be any barriers to entry into the travel industry as an advisor, it does on the other hand require a tremendous amount of grit and patience in those first few years. And while sales and revenue and commissions are so often talked about, I believe that we sometimes get distracted by these metrics because we aren't always in complete control of these metrics. And I also believe that when measuring the success of a travel advisor, it is about so much more than these numbers. So today I have some very important questions. Aside from our consortia and our host agency, should we as individual travel advisors set goals for ourselves? If so, how do we set those goals? What should we measure? How far reaching should those goals extend? How do we know if we're on track to meet those goals by the end of the year or by the specific time period that we've chosen? When setting goals, what should we be focusing on? I've just listed off a lot of different questions and you know that I definitely have more, but let me first introduce two advisors who are joining me today to dive into this discussion on setting goals and measuring success. Kristen Hogim is owner and travel advisor at Travel Redesign. Kristen, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. Great to be here, thanks. Rob Karp is the founder and CEO of Miles Ahead. Rob, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So I'd like to start by talking about how each of us approaches goals in general. I think that on a person-to-person basis, that can this can be really different. So for both of you, are you a big picture thinker? When you think of setting goals, does the first thing that comes to your mind is the end result? And then you start working backwards to figure out how you can make that happen? Or are you someone that thinks in very small daily, weekly actions that incrementally add up to something big. Rob, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of goal setting? Yeah, I am definitely more of a a bigger picture thinker. And I sort of like to reverse engineer sort of our goals and our plans. So if we decide, hey, we want to go out and accomplish A, B, and C, well, you know, what's D, E, and F to get there? Um, And I think one of the nice things is of, of having a team and sort of what I've learned over the few years of having a company is if there are going to be people of different strengths and weaknesses, and some people are going to be more helpful for the day-to-day sort of operations behind achieving those goals and, you know, using one another to, to hold each other accountable to get there. Mm-hmm. Kristen, how are you when approaching goals? Where are you on, on this spectrum? I'm definitely a big picture goal setter as well. I like to look at, okay, what is the, what's the end result look like? And it's a lot about like what the why is behind it. Like, why is this important to me? How is this going to affect and change my lifestyle? How is this going to impact the people I want to impact in a positive way? I think I like to think about the, those kind of big, mm-hmm. bigger picture ideas. And then I try to find the, the ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that by, th- by having that mentality, it, that's just what is natural to me. But I feel like it does help me when I'm going through something that's really hard and I feel stuck. It's like, okay, if I can remember the why, it helps me get through it. Yeah, I'm really glad you you said that because that's also my second question as well. Of well, I wanna I wanna do this, but why? I better know why I wanna do this so that I don't you know find myself procrastinating and not motivated two weeks into the goal. So I'm a big picture thinker too. So I think it's really interesting that all of us are like this. Sometimes I do have the small things of like, okay, I'm gonna post on social media five times a week, and then I'll tell you very quickly one week later I'm not posting on social media five times a week. So it really works. If I don't know why I'm doing something every single day, then I I'm so distracted immediately. But if I start big and then I work myself backwards, then it's like okay I know where I'm going. I know why this is important. So when these big goals come to mind, I'm just gonna admit straight up that some of my first goals often go to the numbers. They go to 
the money, the metrics, the sales, the revenue, they go to the big numbers. And even though that may not be where I end up at the end of my goal setting session, that's like what comes to my brain first. Are you too similar in that regard as well? You know, it's interesting. I feel like I'm not, my brain doesn't naturally go to the numbers. Good. My, my initial, it goes to like my excitement level. Like I kind of run towards things that excite me. And that's like one of my original, my initial goals was just like to work in the travel industry. Cause I realized how life changing it was when I started traveling and taking the time to do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, more people need to do this. I need to help people do this. So I feel like I'm more emotional when it comes to setting goals. And I really, yeah, I just, I don't necessarily, I mean, obviously I set the numbers and that's what mm -hmm. I work towards, mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm more, I'm really inspired by just, okay, what can, what kind of lifestyle can this be like if I'm working in travel and helping people work in travel and what impact does that make? And so I feel like I'm much more like impact and emotions when it comes to goal setting. I love that. And I really appreciate that also as well. It's because you can have a, a really big picture goal, but then the numbers have to come into it at some point, right? Because it's also your own livelihood and your own lifestyle. But I like that you don't start with the numbers. No, I can't help it. Even if I wanted to turn it off, I can't help it. Rob, how do you, are you, do you go straight to numbers as well? Or what really, what really gets you excited when you think about setting big goals? Yeah, I mean, the numbers are, are obviously important, but sort of as we were talking to a little bit earlier is I think the, the intentionality and the thought behind it is so important because even if something is going to, you're going to crush your numbers, if it's not fulfilling to you, if it doesn't feel purposeful, like then you're not going to feel. I almost think about like there was an episode of Billions where Bobby Axelrod like achieves his net worth of $10 billion. And he's like, I didn't feel anything. So mm -hmm. I need to change what I'm doing. Yep. So I think it's like the purpose is so important and you got to understand like where you're headed. I almost think that sometimes there have been goals that I haven't achieved and mistakes I've made along the way, but the lessons I've learned and the way it's made me feel and how it's changed my perspective have been even more rewarding than, you know, a few more cents on the dollar. I'm glad you bring that up. And cause that leads me right into my next question is before we talk about where we're finding success with goal setting and with measuring success in our businesses, I would like to talk for a moment about goals that we've set that didn't work out. Maybe we lost focus. Maybe we're, we were going after way too many goals all at the same time. So we, we were distracted and just trying to multitask. Maybe we weren't even setting proper goals. Can either one of you tell me about an example or an instance in which you set a goal and it didn't lead to success and why you think that happens? I think it sort of comes down to your expectations. Back when, so I started Miles Ahead when I was in high school and grew through college and there was one period in college when um, we wanted to start a concierge team. So effectively, instead of having our advisors basically handle the dinner reservations and spa and all that good back and forth stuff, we were gonna outsource that to a specific part of the team. But I thought just putting together a team and giving them some guidelines and hey, you guys just go out and execute this versus it being a little bit more advisory would be totally fine. But they didn't really have any experience doing it. And so we learned the hard way of if you set expectations for yourself, but they're not necessarily realistic or fair expectations, we were unable to actually become more efficient or deliver for clients in the ways that we wanted to. So this perfect idea of, hey, we're just going to outsource this. It's going to take care of itself and we're going to put people on it. Well, those people didn't necessarily have the support or the resources or the tools they needed to succeed. Mm -hmm. So sort of to sum it up, I think it's important to be very realistic with your expectations when you are setting goals. Especially when, as you're mentioning, there's a team involved and it's not just your own personal goal where you're in control of your motivations and your actions. Absolutely. Kristen, can you share with us an example of, you know, when you set a goal and, and it didn't go quite as planned, maybe you didn't achieve the goal, maybe you got distracted, what happened and what do you think was behind, you know, not, not achieving that particular goal? Yeah, when I, when I first started working in travel full-time, I was working in corporate incentives and there were a couple of really big accounts that I was working on in partnership with the lead and that was my goal. I was so committed to like, you know, working hard to be the lead for these major corporate programs. Like that was, my mind was just so set on that and I worked really hard to achieve that, but I, I didn't achieve it. And it was a shock to me. And in the process of doing that though, I real like in looking back, I like I had my mind so set on it that I just, I just thought I would achieve it. But in realization, there were different things along the way that I wasn't fully prepared for that position, right? Like I didn't, I didn't have enough experience and there were different, like I didn't, it didn't feel right along the way all the time. 
there was a lot of overwhelm. There was, I was just working too many crazy hours. It wasn't like a sustainable thing for my life, but it's what I thought I wanted. And in all of that, it actually led me to pursuing, you know, to starting my own travel business, which is where I'm happy today. But I felt like if it wasn't for that disappointment at the time, I wouldn't be here now. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes hindsight's twenty twenty. Even though in the moment it was a, it was kind of crushing. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you think that where you fell short, it was just a matter of experience? It's something that you could have learned had you remained in that position longer, or you know, had more learning I, experiences. I think I was trying to do too much too fast. Okay. It was like I was there, and I was like, it. It was just like I was trying to run towards something without getting the like without taking my time to actually just learn it all and absorb it and take the time necessary to achieve it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think back to when I started my business and it, it's embarrassing to admit that when I worked in a five-star hotel, one of my key responsibilities was setting goals for all of the different teams in the hotel. I was teaching workshops on making sure that everyone understood which goals we are in control of and which goals are the result of our actions, but that we're not actually in control of. And then it's as if when I started my own business, I now became the student. I now became the person who needed to execute all this advice. And it's like everything I knew went out the window. It's fascinating how that happens, I think, sometimes. But I found myself just starting my business and thinking, my goal is to make this work. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to bust my ass and make this work. And looking back, if I look at my spreadsheets, it was like, well, the numbers tell me that this worked. I'm here five years later running a successful business, but my actual goals that I was setting were goals that were out of my control. For example, I was setting monthly revenue goals, right? Like I want to book this much travel per month because that means I'll earn that much commission. And that means that I can eventually slowly provide for myself and for my family. But I'm not in control of who calls me what they want to plan, how much money they want to spend, and ultimately giving me their credit card information. All of those factors are out of my control. So those were some of the really big kind of mistakes and hiccups I know I made looking back. Goals, maybe the result is a certain monthly revenue, but my actionable steps on a daily and weekly and monthly basis need to be things that I'm actually in control of. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So On the other hand, so we kind of think about mistakes that we've made in goal setting. When we think about goals that we've set for ourselves that we have achieved, can you find any commonalities? What what did they all have in common? Well, I think about one of the big goals that I wanted when I started the travel business was to turn it into full time. I wanted to replace my previous travel job income with this business. And so I think the commonality, like you said, it's like if you, I think if you want it bad enough and you're willing to work for it, it's more likely to happen and maybe certain situations and circumstances can present themselves that we would chase and go after. And if we weren't in that mindset, maybe we would have let those pass by. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, the commonality is just the, again, and going back to like the why behind it and applying the hard work towards it. I think that's where I've seen success in different areas. Like when I, when I finally made this the full-time deal and putting my kids into daycare full-time, that's where it was like, okay, that that's achieved now that what's the next thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this uh, before we got onto this recording. And so I did a little bit of research and I wasn't able to articulate what each of my achieved goals had in common. And I read an article by James Clear, who's an author and entrepreneur. I don't know if you guys know him. And he really honed in on the idea that setting goals is actually really easy. It's really easy for us to think about all of these really amazing end results that we want, right? Like whether it's a successful business, it's a certain amount of income each month or, you know, whatever it is. What's actually a lot more difficult is to consider the trade-offs that we must accept in pursuit of that goal. We have to think about what is it that we actually have to do like behind closed doors, not the fancy Instagram stuff. Like what is the grit and the patience and the hard work and the early mornings and the late nights? What do we have to do behind the scenes to make this work? And it's only when we are willing, maybe we don't want to do those things, but when we are willing to do those things, that's when we achieve goals. And he sums it up with a perfect analogy of saying, in other words, everyone wants a gold medal not everyone is willing to train like an Olympian. And that is when for me it clicked. And I think you have expressed the same thing, Kristen. That for me is when it clicked. It was like, oh, I wanted this business bad enough that I was willing to do all of the really crappy things behind the scenes 
But I also like took it out of my business. And because I thought like, I'm that weird person. That's just, when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. And everybody was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. It's a challenge. Like, let's just see if I can do it. Right. And I did it. Well, I enjoy running. Right. Like, so it didn't bother me four days a week that I had to go out for a run. And each week my runs were successively getting longer. I also studied Mandarin Chinese to see if I could do it. And I did it, but I love studying foreign languages. Mm -hmm. Like I love being a student. I love going to class. I love foreign languages. And so that's what I realized is what's in common with all of the goals that I've achieved is the day-to-day necessity of like what I had to do behind the scenes. It didn't bother me to study Mandarin Chinese four hours a night. It didn't, it didn't bother me to learn how to draw these little pictures and they're actually words and you know, they actually mean something. I enjoyed the process of getting to the end result of that goal. That is so good. And that just, that just hits like, I, I can, I can relate with that so much. And I love what you're saying about just what are you willing to trade for that goal. And I think back to the early one, some of my earliest clients were like, I was nervous on the phone. Some of these people I'm like, I don't even want to answer the phone call. Like I'm nervous. This is an important client. And I don't know if I know everything. And, and I just remember it's like getting, I think part of one of the commonalities towards achieving the goal for me is just getting outside of my comfort zone and just feeling okay with it. Like Mm -hmm. stepping outside of, you know, being okay, being taking the risk and being willing to fail and having people see it. I think it's necessary. Isn't that such a big part of goal setting is taking a risk and being okay with people seeing you fail? Like, oof, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> uh, Rob, how about you? What have, have you noticed any commonalities in, in the goals that you have set for yourself and you have achieved? What, what is under, under a lot of this, this achievement for you? I think similar to what, what you were saying, it comes to enjoying the journey. Like you have to appreciate the fact that it's not all about where you get to and enjoying when you, once you climb the mountain, but actually climbing the mountain. And like also appreciating the fact that you're going to fall down on the mountain and that you need to pick yourself back up. And I think about this year, you know, with everything that's gone on with COVID and whatnot, I was actually having a conversation with someone about this yesterday. People who sit back and sort of say, I'm not sure what to do. Like, let me see what happens. Like that wait and see mentality is fine. But those who take risks and go out there and have accepted the fact that failure or not perfection is okay, it did me, I think, very well in the long run and will do a lot of others well as they try to pursue their goals. You know, mm-hmm. So I think at the bottom line, it comes down to like, you're going to feel so good once you get there and achieve what you want to achieve. If you put in the work every day, you appreciate the grit rather than like almost sort of wanting to run away, which mm-hmm. I think that comes from like just being able to overcome your fears. So I'm interested to know how each of you approaches goal setting. Is this something that you're doing on a, on a very regular basis, setting small goals, or is this something that you sit down and you think about the next 12 months and then you try to stick with a specific approach throughout the next year? Rob, how do you do this individually and also with your team? So I'd say two types of goals that I set. Goals for myself that is really just me, myself, and I, and that's up to me to go out and execute and I'll bounce this some off like I have like a group of advisors that I'll like seek out advice from call this like just my own personal professional goals and the national personal ones but on the team side something that we've we've shifted doing this year which I think has been great is the process of co-creating goals and while I may be the one who's running the company it's just as important especially I think with in a business and and when you have a small team is to get the buy-in from your Mm -hmm. group. So what we've actually been focusing on the past few weeks is as a team planning for 2020. And we've had a weekly call every week where we focus on, we did something called the vision traction exercise. So you talk about your core focus is going to be and what your rocks are, your one-year plan, your three-year plan, your 10-year plan, which I think is really interesting to see for people who aren't like the owner of a business or the CEO of a company. And we've sort of tackled a different section each week and everyone's come to the table with their thoughts and we've had like you know healthy conflict and dialogue and whatnot and I found that's been really helpful for us but what we take at the end of it is we specifically recap our calls to action how are we going to measure a goal how when are we going to talk about this again how are we going to have a sense of if we're on track if we're not on track what do we need to do to get back on track Yep. Um, and in doing this, we actually brought in, we have an outside CFO who comes in and sort of mediates these calls. 
to like ask us questions that we wouldn't necessarily think or be comfortable asking ourselves. Interesting. Interesting. I, I like that approach. So when you say that you come back together to kind of see if you're on track or not, is this something you're doing weekly, monthly, quarterly? How often are you kind of coming back together as a group to see how you're progressing? So I say it's a combination. Like we'll, we'll always do like the week after we have one of these planning calls is we'll recap where we were now that everyone had time to digest. But then I think as it's really turns into a more monthly thing because once we get into January, February, or March, like we will have our, here are goals for 2021. And then in like the start of each sort of monthly meeting, it'll be like, Hey, where are we on this? Mm -hmm. Have we addressed this? Then there's always like the elephant in the room as the one of the two things you haven't done. It's like, okay guys, like it's all right. Like no one's in trouble, but what do we need to do so that yep. we can move the ball forward? Kristen, how do you approach this? Do you kind of set big annual goals and then come back every month or every quarter? Or how are you approaching this? Yeah, I set an annual goals as well, personally and professionally. Um, personally, obviously talking with my family. Professionally, it's just me and my brother that we work together. So just together, we set the goals and then look at the metrics monthly and weekly. And the most important thing I think for us is just like schedule. So it's like every week looking at, okay, what's it's planning. It's setting a plan for the week. And I've noticed when there's not a plan in place or when we're not executing the plan, that tends to be where we're off schedule towards hitting the goal, right? Yeah. But if, we're, if we put a schedule in place and we know our, our success metrics, which tend to be related to making calls, marketing, getting referrals, things like that to drive business, then that's usually what keeps us on pace for, for goals. Mm -hmm. but yeah, we look at the big picture and then track it weekly and monthly. So we've all been in the business long enough that I'm going to venture a guess that our, the goals that we might have set for ourselves and our, at the beginning might be a little bit different to the goals that we're setting now, or would you guys say that they're pretty consistent? For me, the goals are very, you mean like now 2020 goals? Yeah. I mean like your goals now versus your goals in year one and two, are you thinking about your goals a little bit differently? Are they still related, similar goals, but they're just growing? Are you setting revenue goals that are now just bigger or like your goals completely different than what you did five years ago? I think my goals are pretty similar. I feel like 2020 has kind of shaken things up a little bit to where this year it was so, it was just so drastically different than what the previous mm -hmm. years have been. But I know that there's so much opportunity for 2021 and mm -hmm. into the years ahead, which mm -hmm. is really exciting. So I feel like now we're kind of back on track to setting bigger goals but another goal that aside from just revenue and trip goals is just kind of trying to diversify what we do and how we do it. So look at look, just looking at different ways to market or maybe writing in publications for travel or doing okay. videos or even podcasts, things like this. I, mm -hmm. and we've, we've seen more of that too, right? Like you starting this amazing podcast. I feel like I'm starting to just think a little more, trying to be more creative about showing up in the travel industry as well as the business that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think that writing publications and being on podcasts, that may not even be appropriate in year one. Like there's so many other things going on, but now you have a bit of authority and experience behind what you're doing. And so it makes a lot more sense to be pitching and trying to do those types of things. I like that. Rob, how have your goals changed since you got started to, to now? Have they, are they just getting bigger and bigger in the same kind of line or are they completely different goals? I think a lot of the goals are, are sort of around scaling. We're in a tough industry when it comes to creating a scalable business, right? And so what do you need to do? How do you match that up with making sure that you can keep your client service levels where they were, even have them sort of increase over time? Mm -hmm. I think sort of a lot of the other things that we talk about are how can we continue to raise the bar? So yeah. what can we do to continue to improve and make our clients even stickier and more, more loyal than they were? Like we tossed around the idea of, hey, are we going to make a big investment, go out and try to build a dining concierge for us? Okay, well, why would we do that? Well, let's say we want to provide value to clients outside of trips. You know, we're really trying to figure out how we can create a leading luxury hospitality company. That's Miles Head's vision. And our mission is to create unforgettable experiences of the highest quality. So what do we need to do on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis to get us there? So I asked this because my goals have actually changed a lot. I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm sure someone could challenge me on this, but I feel like my current workload, I've kind of maxed out what I as an individual person can do. And what I've started to realize is that the trips that I'm planning right now are kind of all over the map and how much I enjoy each of those trips 
varies. There's a very wide spectrum. And I've started to be able to hone in on the types of trips and the destinations that I really, really love and that I would like to grow my business in those areas. For example, adventure travel in South America and African safaris are two, let's say, genres of travel that I enjoy the most. And I would like it to be a bigger part, a bigger percentage of my total sales or my total trips planned over the year. So of course, the total revenue on an annual basis, like that number is still there. That number doesn't really change, but I'm now starting to strategize and come up with ways of, instead of just waiting for someone to come ask me to plan an African safari a couple times a year, how how can I grow that to be 30 to 40% of my business? What do, what would I need to do to, to achieve that? So my goals have changed a little bit in that way. And I've also kind of, like you said, always raising the bar. Like not only do we grow and we want to maintain the service that we're providing for clients, but also how can we continue to raise the bar? So this is 100% inspired from an interview I did on the podcast with Emily Steele. She talks all about reinvesting in your clients and 2020 has really given me time to kind of take a step back and reevaluate. And when I start thinking back to all the people that I've worked with and where those clients came from, and so many of them are a referral of a referral of a referral, or somebody shared something on social media, somebody, I have close friends who are actively sharing about my business on social media, even when we're not planning a trip. And I started thinking, I don't know if I'm reinvesting in these clients as much as they deserve to be because they have been such avid supporters of me. And so another goal that I'm setting for myself really in 2021 is not just focusing on all the new inquiries coming in, but also looking back and thinking, who are the clients who are just so loyal and just so supportive and who are just so wonderful to work with? And how can I give back to them and reinvest in them to really make sure that that relationship maintains and stays as strong as it possibly can moving forward? Hey, Masters in Travel, we'll get back to the show in just a minute. I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a course I've co-created together with Corrine Johnson. That's right. It's called Trello for Your Travel Biz. And it's all about the one place where you can manage every project and store all of your brilliant ideas and most treasured resources for your travel business. This is where we track our new leads, create marketing plans, organize our library of destination research and supplier notes, keep track of our goals and manage projects with our teams and with fellow travel advisors. We're offering two live sessions to show you how one free tool will enable you to do all of these things and so much more. Along with two live sessions to get started on building the foundation for your growing travel business, we've also included a set of templates to give you an epic head start and a live workshop so you can get things done with our guidance and ask questions as you go. We don't just want to show you the good stuff and then leave you hanging. If you want to join us, visit TrelloForYourTravelBiz.com to register. These sessions will begin on Tuesday, January 26th. That's TrelloForYourTravelBiz.com to learn more and to register. This page is linked in the show notes for you for easy access. All right, let's get back to the show. Many people say that the things we measure are the things that improve. And I personally am 100%. I'm a big believer of this and I'm very motivated by tracking progress on my goals. While I try not to obsess and look at things daily and weekly, I am keeping a very close eye on my progress from month to month. So I'm curious to know in your businesses, what are some key metrics that you measure and what are some key numbers and metrics that you are tracking on a very consistent basis? Rob, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah. So I think most people probably look at the amount of travel they're booking, but we've tried to take it a level deeper to understand, are these current clients? Are these new clients? What where are people booking right now? Why are they booking? What's the lead time? Like trying to get a really good understanding of, of people's headspace and like, so then we can put multiple data points together from clients and get a sense of where the market is. The other thing I try to get a sense of the team is, so like how much communication are you having with clients? What's the, how many calls are you having with? Are we hearing from people a lot? Is more of the communication us being proactive or clients reaching out to us? So those, those are some of the things that, that we look at. I, I want to dig into every one of those things that you just said. So talk to me a little bit about when you are looking at, I love who's contacting you and where are they coming from? Are they repeat? Are they referral? Are they brand new? This is something I also want to understand. If you're also looking at where are they traveling? What's the lead time? How much are they reaching out versus how proactive is your team being? What then do you do with that information once you have it? So let's just say, for instance, it's called a week or so ago, we saw three people were planning their trips for next month to Italy. And we saw that the prices they were paying for flights were about 20 to 30% less. 
okay, than what people were paying in 2019. We send out a weekly email every Thursday that we started doing back in September. Initially, it was like a sort of change of scenery email. Anyway, so that we took this a few weeks ago and we were like, hey, there's discounted airfare right now. You have all these flexible cancellation policies. People happen to be all booking like these similar trips in Italy. Let's put together an Italy email highlighting the benefits of future planning, showing exact anecdotal examples. So we turned that into like a proactive email out to our entire client base, you know, so we were sharing like, hey, this is what's going on in our world. This is something to think about. This is, this is what we're seeing. We want you to know for the clients who are ready to act. Exactly. Do, are you being serious that you have someone wanting to plan Italy for next month? Like, can you go next to Italy? Summer. Next oh, summer. next summer. Okay. I was like, can, can we do that? <laughs> No, sorry if I misspoke. Okay, Kristen, what are you tracking? What are some key metrics that you are measuring and that you're tracking on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. I would say key metrics that we continuously track are, yeah, trips, revenue related to trips. And then one of the most important things is our pipeline and making sure our pipeline is filled. So not just looking at existing clients, but what are new prospects that we can call upon, whether that's a group environment, whether that's a, there's, there's a whole different range of possibilities for the pipeline. But I feel like that's one thing that we look at to make sure that each week, each month, we have different people that we're putting ourselves in front of that aren't familiar with what we're doing. And that also would include like calling upon existing clients and making sure that we are maximizing the referrals that we can get. And then also just looking at different marketing things that we can do or putting ourselves out there on social media or by newsletter, things like that to show up for clients. So when you're talking about asking for referrals and making sure that pipeline is filled up, are you actively reaching out and asking for referrals from people who you're working with right now? Or are you looking back and saying, we planned a trip within the last year, let's touch base with them, see them how they're doing, how how proactive and how, because I'm going to be really honest, like I'm big on goals. I'm not big on these sales tactics. <laughs> And that's probably, yeah, that's probably to my own detriment, right? There's probably a lot of, I have a lot of room for, for improvement in that regard, but I'm just curious how you approach it within your business. Yeah. I feel like it's less, I mean, it is a sales tactic. I feel like it's also just genuinely connecting with the travelers and making sure that they're, you know, the, the great thing about travel is there's always somewhere next for, for a, a client to go, right? So there's yep. always the conversation opportunity about, you know, how, how is everything going? You know, you were looking to go to Greece this spring, you know, we're not sure if that's going to be possible, but it's just reconnecting on the mm -hmm. conversations. Um, that's kind of one thing we do with all our travelers is like, what's, you know, your dream vacations for the long haul. We're here to help plan them. We're here to help take care of all the details. It's not just this trip. It's, mm -hmm. you know, we're your resource. Mm -hmm. So as all travel advisors, we're all that way. Right. So I think that's just the mentality is like just, you know, reconnecting, reconnecting with um, our existing travelers. And then since so much of business does come from referrals, just like you said, with your business, it's, I feel like it's just natural to kind of reach out and, mm -hmm. you know, re reconnect, but then also ask for referrals as well. So I think that in goal setting, I'm going to throw around some terminology here. We have results and we have performance indicators. So we, we, we hear about KPIs a lot. Um, but what I found when I was running workshops at the hotel, that a lot of times key performance indicators are, are measurements that we're not actually in control of, which means they're not KPIs, they're key result indicators of like, we do all these little things and they build up to this result. And I feel like the result that you're talking about is the pipeline is the lead generation, making sure that it's full and we're not running dry of new leads. And the performance indicators that are leading you into keeping that pipeline flush is staying in touch, proactively reaching out. Um, making sure you're putting yourself in front of new audiences. So I'm curious if we back up that performance indicator even one step further, what steps have you implemented in your natural system and your natural workflow to make sure that you always know where clients want to go next? 2020 is kind of a, it's, it's a weird year because we canceled a bunch of trips. So we know where they want, where they were trying to go because we had to cancel it. But in a different year, is there something that you're doing to always ask or to always find out like, Hey, besides this trip, like we're going to plan this one, but where else are you thinking? Are you doing anything like this on a regular basis just to make sure you have a conversation starter? I feel like in our, in the initial conversations with every client, we, we kind of get an idea of what their life bucket list is for okay. travel. And it's like, you know, where have you, what have been your most amazing vacations and where do you want to go? Okay. I feel like, so naturally we talk about the trip that they want to plan, but I don't know. It's also exciting just to talk about all the other places and places that their friends have gone that they want to get to eventually and things like that. And I track it just in our 
Like we use travel joy for, mm -hmm. you know, managing all our trips. And so I'll put it in there. I'll even set reminders. So it's like, okay, if they want to go there in six months, maybe I'll set myself a reminder for six to nine months out just to reach out and say, you know, you've, you had mentioned this, like, mm -hmm. is this still on your radar? Can we help you with this? Like, I think, I think it's just a, it's, it can be part of a, the conversation in any initial call. Um, and I think it's also kind of our, our job to do that and to, you know, make sure that we're staying on top of their travel to help them get to these places that they really want to go to. I love that you do this and that you kind of brought this up because so many of our goals, it can kind of feel like, well, if we do this one thing, then we'll achieve this. But you, what you've described, you've actually set up just a very simple system, but it just makes sure that achieving that goal month after month and year after year, it's, it's so much easier and it starts to come naturally and it doesn't feel like, uh, I'm constantly trying to achieve this goal. Like it starts to feel like it's coming really naturally. Right. And, and just taking really diligent notes and setting yourself a reminder for six months from now. So what I, what I'm curious to know is do both of you feel that measuring and tracking is really important? And if so, why? Are you looking to see like, are we on track? And then how do you identify, okay, we're not on track. If you're not on track one month, are you immediately taking action? Or do you kind of see like, is this a trend or is this just an off month? Like Rob, how are you? Are you like an actionable person? Like if it's not where it's supposed to be on on April, on April 30th and May 1st, we're taking action or you kind of like sit back and try to understand what's happening kind of person. So it, I think it depends on what the goal is. It's easy to say like, okay, you know what, this week you're going to connect with five clients and re-engage a conversation, get a sense of what they want for next year. But it's harder if you want to say, okay, like my goal is to close like 25 trips in the next you know month, let's say, as you said before, some of this stuff is out of your control. So I think that with the goals that we set that are really within our control, we're very sort of try to hold ourselves as accountable as possible and stay firm. But with things that, that are outside factors, I think, you know what, like we'll address and we'll say, okay, well, what's going on? Like what's impacting us? Have like a thoughtful conversation about it, reassess, and then sort of set goal 2.0 of what's the next stage. And like, what do we hope to achieve from the next stage? So we're not sitting here in a month, the same place we were two months mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. And, and I like that because I, my next question was going to ask, how do you define success? And I think that success is a moving target, right? You're never just succeeding in something and then forgetting about it. And so if I'm following and tracking my goals on a month to month basis, if one month I achieve them, amazing next month, let's go. If one month I don't achieve them, just like you said, let's understand, let's look into the reasons of why I didn't achieve it, set a new plan and then move forward. So success is not like an end finish line. It's constantly a moving target, which I think is, is what's so amazing because it just keeps us motivated and keeps us going. Yeah. And one thing I would quickly add in terms of defining success, which I know is a whole can have a whole other podcast on this. I think the biggest thing, especially in operating a team, is feeling accomplished. You know, because at the end of the day, if you have a sales goal of a million dollars and you get to 950, but you feel great about what you did mm -hmm. that year, you pushed yourself, there were challenges, you thought outside the box versus, hey, you hit a million too, but like you really just didn't enjoy it and you didn't push yourself and it didn't feel great. I think there's a big difference between those two feelings. Hey, Masters in Travel, me again. Karine and I are two travel advisors who are running very, very different businesses. She co-owns an agency and has a team of seven to onboard, lead, and communicate with on a daily basis. I've been running everything solo until very recently. No matter how different our businesses might be, and no matter how different our day-to-day -day might look, there's one free tool that is the foundation of both of our businesses, Trello. We both recognize the need in our businesses to organize everything from new leads coming in to all the notes we jotted down during client calls, webinars, and trade shows, we needed a place to brain dump all of our most amazing ideas, to set goals, and to create a marketing plan. We needed a one-stop shop to collaborate and to manage projects. This is all possible in Trello, and we've created a course to show you how this one free tool will enable you to do all of these things and so much more. Along with two live sessions to get started on building the foundation for your growing travel business, we've also included a set of templates to give you an epic head start and a live workshop so you can get things done with our guidance and ask questions as you go. We don't just want to show you the good stuff and then leave you hanging. If you want to join, visit TrelloForYourTravelBiz.com to register. These sessions will begin on Tuesday, January 26th. That's TrelloForYourTravelBiz.com to learn more and to register. This page is linked in the show notes for your easy access. All right, let's get back to the show. I would like to hypothetically run through starting at square one, choosing a goal, <laughs> and then walking through what the steps would be 
to set a goal to make sure that it makes sense. My Africa business is probably, I don't know, 15 to 20% of my total business currently. I would like it to be more in the 30% range. My, my first step is making sure that it's realistic. There's a lot of people who would come in and say, stretch yourself out, let's triple that Africa business. And I'm like, well, let's, let's set a goal that I can actually achieve. So I start from setting a smart goal. I start from getting very specific, setting a time frame. So I would say, I want to increase my Africa business from 15% to 25% of my total business. So now it's measurable. I feel that it's attainable. I feel that it's realistic. And I would like to do this in 2021. So this would be, I would compare 2019 Africa trips to 2021 Africa trip. Is that how both of you would start as well? Like yeah. if we have a brand new goal, like do you start with the smart set specific kind of goal or would you, do you even approach it from a different starting point? I think that's great. I think I would do the same. Start with very specific, something that you can actually, at the, you, you know whether it's achieved or not. Okay. Okay. Rob, what would you do next? Because a lot of people think, okay, I set a smart goal. Like we're done. Like that's my goal. Now let's go get it done. But I would argue and say like, that's, that's just barely the beginning. What, what are your thoughts on actually setting a goal and, and putting it in place to make sure we're going to achieve it? So I'm someone who really appreciates structure and, and does well from that. So I'd probably say, okay, if I want to increase my business from Africa from 15 to 25%, how many trips does that mean I need to plan at the, by the end of the year? Okay, mm-hmm. great. I need to plan five trips. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Great. So then if I need to plan five trips over the course of the year, can I look historically and say, you know, what are the busiest times of year to plan after? Okay. Let's just say we find it's going to be the first quarter. All right. So great. My goal is going to be in the first quarter. I'm going to plan two of those trips. The second quarter, I'm going to plan one trip, third quarter, one trip, fourth quarter, one trip. And then I would assess myself as I go. What I don't. Okay. I'm going to like jump in just there because I feel like we're already talking about a lot of things that are out of my control. I can't decide when a client is ready to plan an African safari. True. Right. But okay. I'll keep letting you go. But like, I just want to totally. <laughs> like, what I, that's already like making me nervous of like, well, I don't know when they're going to call me. <laughs> well, what I would say to that is what you can do in your control. You can identify everyone on your client list who you think would take a trip to Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can figure out a way to engage them. And so if you don't want to be super salesy, which is totally fine. And, and I respect that figure out how you can have that conversation with them along the lines of, are you interested in Africa? Are you thinking about it this year? Are there potentially, can you see things in the market that are making planning an Africa trip advantageous to do it right now? Love that because that also gives a reason to reach out, right? Like about, um, could be exchange rates, could be new flight routes, could be a new safari camp opening. Why plan now? I love that. Exactly. The other thing that could be interesting is going through the process of a recently planned safari. And again, sharing that, be like, just plan this amazing trip. Like just wanted to share, you know, like what they're doing, where they're going, why they're doing it. Then the other thing is, so once you've gone through your client list and you're like, all right, I've exhausted everything. Let's just say no one wants to plan a safari this year. Well, how are you going to go out and find people that will want to plan safaris? right? Where are these people eating? What are they doing? What are they listening to? What are they reading? Like, is there a certain sort of hobby or theme they have in common? And figure out like, how can you get to those people that way? One thing we were talking about as a team today is, okay, if we want to go attract, let's just say more customers between the age of 45 to 55 who are planning family travel and spending at least $50,000 a year, who are the other people? What are the other like services or people on their like team in life, right? They've got lawyers, they got financial advisors, they got doctors, they got nutritionists, personal trainers, like how can you leverage everything else going on in their life to find that? So I think it's just sort of that process. And this goes back to what Kristen was saying of how can we put ourselves in front of more people who don't yet know about what we do and who don't yet know about our services. So that's all in kind of the same line. I I really appreciate that. And those are actions that I can take, that I'm in control of, that will help me work toward the end result of increasing my Africa business. So really you've just kind of gone through just like a lot of brainstorming, right? Of all the things you can do. You listed off about a good things. Or th- what I would do is kind of list off everything that was possible of like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. This might work. This might work. But then I'm going to go back to what I was saying earlier in, in our conversation about what am I willing to do? Because some of those things that you mentioned is out of my comfort zone. Some of those things I could do, but I don't enjoy doing. So we also have to remind ourselves, it's not just, can you do it? It's Will you do it? Will you reach out? Will you network in a, in a new to you environment? Will you make that appointment and put yourself out there? 
will you reach out to other podcasts or other news organizations and pitch your cause so that they could potentially interview? We have to get really, really honest with ourselves about what we're willing to do to achieve this goal, right? Totally. And I'd say, you know, once you write down those possibilities, I pick two or three things that you can go out and, and, and sort of action. And one of those needs to be something uncomfortable. <laughs> You're because right. that's it. You know what? That it, it, it's going to it's gonna help you grow. And then once you sort of actually do it, then you'll overcome the fear that the next time you don't necessarily want to do, you can tell yourself, well, I did this. So I can yep. do it again. Absolutely. And so in terms of, there's also something that a lot of people talk about with setting goals. It, and it's really making sure that we are not setting too many goals, that we're spreading ourselves so thin and then setting ourselves up for disaster. So if we list out all the things that are possible, then we narrow down, okay, five out of 10 of these things, I'm willing to step outside my comfort zone. I'm willing to go do this thing because I believe that it will help me reach my goal. Are all five of those simultaneously necessary? Would you start with one or two and see what you, how much progress you make in the first month or two? Or would you really try to do all five and just spread yourself thin? So I think you got to tackle one by one, but I'd also put together a smaller group probably than five things. Like I might give yourself, try one thing for two weeks, then mm -hmm. another thing for two weeks, another thing yep. for two weeks, and then reevaluate. I mean, there's, depending on how intense the actual activity is, I think you could do, um, you can almost do two at the same time, but you def, I wouldn't focus on doing more than, than two things at once. This answer isn't a blanket black and white statement. It's different for all of us, right? It's different about, do we have a team? Are we leading a team? Are we part of a team? Are we a solo entrepreneur? Are we in a partnership? Do we have tiny children at home? Do we have no children? You know, I have like, there's all of these things need to be considered on an individual basis. What I've done in the past and what I found to be really helpful is to do one by one and to give it some time. Now, I'm not like a bulldozer when it comes to my goals and I probably could be more. So that's also something like you need to know yourself. The reason why I say I often do one at a time is because I have sometimes found success with the one thing that I did. So when I was first starting my business, I made um, a commitment to myself that I was going to attend two networking events per month. One networking event where I could meet potential clients one networking event that was an industry event where I could meet fellow advisors, fellow hoteliers, fellow suppliers. And the goal in that was to get my business started, to start finding new clients, but also to just meet people in the industry. And it worked. My business got started just by doing that one effort and I gave it three or four or five months and I didn't need to go on to the second and the third and the fourth thing. Now, the second, third and fourth thing are still in my pipeline. They're still there if I looked after two months and I thought, I haven't gotten any new leads. This isn't really working. What else can I do? But the one thing did work. So I would, I, I agree with you, Rob, that it's not really necessary to try and do all five simultaneously because then you can't do one thing well as opposed to trying to do five things kind of half well, but also you may not need the second and third and fourth item on that list. I think that's, I think it's totally fair. And you know what, you also got to find what works for you. Yeah. Um, and you know what, some people sort of thrive off multitasking and, and doing a bunch of things, but I think staying focused is also really important. Kristen, do you have anything to throw into here? Like, is this system that we're kind of working our way through, is this what you would do similarly as well? Or is there, would you approach this a little bit differently? I think it, yeah, I think it's a great way to approach it. I think it sounds great. What I found is, yeah, focusing on a couple things is always better than like getting overwhelmed by having too many things to focus on. And then you're not great at any of them. Like one thing I do is I write, I make sure my goals are written out and I look at them often. So if it's on my bathroom mirror, if it's on my desk, if it's on my screensaver, it's like, it's something that keeps it top of mind. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're saying, if you want to increase your Africa percentage, I would, I would write that on the, my screensaver. So it's like, it's reminding me constantly, mm -hmm. oh, okay, how can I, how can I do that? And it's just like, almost like subconscious, yeah. it just gets in there. Well, another thing that I was thinking about is just in a, addition to what Rob was saying is find ways to become an expert in different, like, you know how you can get travel advisors get featured by having like the expertise or by going through those programs. Like I've gotten African safari trips basically handed over because I was, you know, seen as an expert on their website or whatever. It's like, reach out to one of these advisors if you need help planning your trip. So that's, a, that's another way to just, you know, get, put yourself, where else can I put myself? Where can I show up that I'm not currently that could potentially drive business? Actually, that's a really good point. And 
I, I should do that because that's how I got some of my very first inquiries is on our consortial website. When you list like the, the regions and the destinations that, you know, some of my first ones were because I know Bhutan, I know Jordan, I know India. Like I know these really kind of strange, like I didn't put France, even I lived in France and I didn't that's include awesome. France on the list because there's a gajillion people <laughs> that know France. So I specifically tried to put all the places I knew that when you type in that country, I knew there's going to be less advisors that come up. And some of my first yeah. inquiries came from that. That's great. All right, guys, I, I really appreciate kind of walking you through this. And I think the last step that I would take is that when I am tracking this goal on a month to month basis, and I look at my results, if it's not working, we have to be really honest with ourselves. If we're only going to do one thing at a time, are we really doing it to our greatest capacity? Are we really doing it as best as we possibly can? Am I really putting myself out in front of a new audience, but like doing it properly? Or am I going and like standing in the corner, right? And just like saying that I was there. If I'm doing it properly, move on to the second item, move on to the third item and try something new. But also I think it's really important that if we are on track, if we are getting new leads and if we are on track to all also sit down and realize that and to understand I am achieving my goals. I am on track. Why? What's working? What, what am I doing that's working? Because that is almost just as important, if not more important to understand than, well, what isn't, what isn't working? What can I try next? Okay. I want to wrap this up by asking each of you, if you could offer one key piece of advice to advisors about setting goals and measuring success, what would you tell them? I would say um, dream big, but don't dream too big because you don't want to, you know what, like at the end of the day, like we'd all love to triple our business overnight and you'll get there eventually, but you also don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. So I think you need to be realistic and you know what, like also sort of just put yourself in a position for success. And I would say, take time to really think about what you want in life and not professionally and personally, and then think about how you want it to tie together. And to Rob's point, dream big, but be patient in the process and just keep focused on it. And I really do believe if you focus on things long enough and you really want them bad enough, they'll probably show up eventually in your life. Rob and Kristen, thank you for sharing your thoughts, your ideas, and your processes in setting, tracking, and ultimately achieving all of these amazing goals in your businesses. It was so wonderful to have you both on to discuss this topic. Thank you, Rob and Kristen, for your willingness and for your enthusiasm to be a part of the conversation. Thanks so much, Whitney. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. If you want more, head over to mastersintravelpod.com for show notes and links to the resources we discussed in today's episode. If you loved today's interview as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who is ready to level up their travel business. To continue the conversation, find us on Instagram at Masters in Travel, where we preview upcoming episodes and engage with our listeners to decide what topics to cover next. We'll see you next time.